Hi guys, welcome to another Cheery Conversation. You know, the for-profit and the non-profit world, they can collide, they can coexist. And our guest this week, Keisha Klaus, has not just her foot in both. She's full out for-profit and non-profit, and she's an attorney. And she goes over how you can have a positive impact in both. Some people have questions about, can you really do both? Well, one pays taxes, one does not. There's some differences. However, you can do both and you can make a huge impact. And did we mention that she owns an ice cream shop? Let's get right into this cheery conversation. Welcome to Cherry Conversations, where we overcome our uncertainties and juicy topics one conversation at a time. Each week, we sit down with author, speaker, and pastor, Sunny Hennessy, along with a special guest. And this week, our guest is Keisha Klaus. Keisha was born and raised in Florida, but was brought to the Midwest when she met her husband, Jake, nine years ago at law school in Virginia, which is super impressive. Um, Jake and Keisha have lived all over the country, but after having their two daughters, they decided to raise their kids back in Wisconsin in Suamico. I feel like you have to say it like that. Suamico. And they're expecting baby number three. You should see, you can't see. Oh, you can kind of see. It's like the perfect baby belly. It's so cute. And we think it's fake. <laughs> but it's not, it's for real. It's not just for ratings. Uh, Keisha is also in the beginning stages of starting a legal consulting business for nonprofits, specifically to sex trafficking, which is near and dear to our hearts because of our connection with iHeartWorld. Mm-hmm. And so Keisha has been working with iHeartWorld and Awaken. And we're not even done yet. There's more. Keisha and Jake are venturing in the profit business world. Um, They're going to be taking over an ice cream shop business, Dairy Cove, in Cecil, um, which is owned by your in-laws, Jake's parents. So anyway, that's super cool. It's been in the family for many years, so they're opening that. Yes. Oh, man. Okay, so today what we're (laughs) talking about is ice cream. Actually, oh, I mean, I'm like we are. It could be a super hey, fun conversation. It could be a super fun conversation. But seriously, today we're going to be talking about the culture of nonprofit and profit worlds, especially when it comes to like being a Jesus person and working in one or the other or both. Uh, because sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions or questions that people have about nonprofit, profit. How can you do both and yeah. all of that? So that's what we're talking about today. So specifically. Now that you are venturing into uh, a profit world with the ice cream shop, did you have misconceptions about nonprofit and profit and, and being in both? I did. So mm. I've always done either government or nonprofit. So with that, you wear numerous hats. Mm-hmm. Um, your mission's a little bit different. It's usually your focus is on a social issue. Um, so religion and Christianity is a little bit easier to embed mm. in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we decided to do for-profit work, and granted, uh, it's an ice cream shop, so it's a little bit different than corporate world, but. I thought there would be a lot of challenges of how could I make this a Christ-centered work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that pretty much with any corporation when you're thinking of for-profit is, you know, your goal is obviously you want to make money because um, it's for-profit, so you want to be successful. But how can you incorporate that culture that is eas- more easily done in a nonprofit than for-profit? Mm-hmm. So how are you doing it? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> so it's been um, basically like I've just taken the lessons I've learned from nonprofits. So 
even if you're a for-profit, you can have a mission. And so Mm -hmm. what is your mission? Um, And then how you treat employees. And so Mm -hmm. that's the sustainability part. So for nonprofits, people aren't usually doing it for the money. So um, it's the flexibility of time and just the the atmosphere and um, what the goals you set, what you can give back, but then how you treat your employees. So I'm trying to do that same in the for-profit world. Mm. So, you know, basically treat others like you would want to be treated. I don't do, ask someone to do something I would never do. So mm. even though I have this leadership role or this boss role, um, I never come off like I wouldn't do what I'm asking them to do. Mm. So a lot of times I'll show them something first and then move forward. And with nonprofit, you have the flexibility of doing that a little bit um, easier. And the longevity longevity of doing the training is a little bit easier in nonprofit because you're not rushing to make sure they're up to par with getting money for your business Mm -hmm. whereas in for profit you want to try and run that training quickly Mm -hmm. so they can start making you money Mm -hmm. um but i've learned that the training process is very important and that's what's caused longevity within employees Mm -hmm. so good so good (laughs) good insight we've had conversations before about like like money and being a Jesus mm-hmm. person and yeah. you know that it's, there's nothing to be guilty or ashamed of if you are successful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that you just brought in like that whole thing of, well, it's, it's the culture that's mm-hmm. in, embedded and to be success. I mean, successful is good because then you can continue to bring life into people's lives and the people exactly. who come to your, your business. Mm-hmm. And I think I hear you guys say all the time, it's not money that's evil. It's the love and the greed of money. Mm-hmm. So it's, woven throughout the Bible of successful Jesus people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Jesus ever wanted us to try something and just be mediocre at mm-hmm. it. He wants us to be successful at it. And I think of Abraham, who was like the entrepreneur of his time with mm-hmm. his cattle industry. Yeah. But also he's one of the most faithful stewards of God. And he was mm-hmm. one of the wealthiest men. So mm-hmm. I think with for-profit, not only are you, I mean, with making money, you're expanding the reach of how many people you can serve. So. Mm-hmm. If you have that capability of being a successful business, you can branch out in other avenues. Um, And so I don't think making money is necessarily a negative thing. It's a Mm -hmm. way for you to help spread the gospel in different means. Mm -hmm. 100%. You probably have a lot to say about it. Well, I actually, I didn't until she just said that part. Because Abraham is not brought up a lot. So I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. Like he was able to take his family and all mm-hmm. of these herds, but you hear herd and you're like, oh, a meek little farmer, <laughs> yeah. a weak little, you know, meek. Yeah. And, uh, but he uprooted and said, let's take this whole livestock mm-hmm. industry, like you said. And then he could leave some along the way. Like, let's plant this franchise yes. and that. Yep. And, and that's such a, that's such good insight because I, my mind immediately goes to Lydia, mm. who was a purple, uh, purple silk and, and the dye, which purple in biblical times was so hard to come by, mm-hmm. so expensive. It'd be like plating everything we have in gold or crust, encrusting everything in diamonds. Yeah. Like she was that industry. And then she was like, let's open up my big, huge home, which is one of many to plant the first mm-hmm. gathering or ecclesia or church mm-hmm. uh, because she had the means. She wasn't like, oh, my house is small and I can't yeah. fit anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's the thing, the greed of the greed that comes with money or the love of mm-hmm. money, that is the problem. Yes. Because why would God give Solomon all the riches? He was the richest man in the world. Uh, and, and kings would come and give him more riches. Mm-hmm. He didn't even need it other than that was God's blessing on him actually for asking for wisdom. 
Yeah. And God's like, now here's money. And and I do believe that people who tithe, because that goes to spreading the gospel, they can't outgive God. Mm -hmm. And so I look at for Sean and I, uh, because we have different things. We don't have just one stream of income from the church. We have different streams of income. And eventually we don't even want to be paid by the church yeah. because uh, it would just be nice to be like, just don't even pay us. We make money from all this other mm -hmm. stuff. But if we were, if, when we make money, as we make more money, if we give 10% or 20%, the more money we make, God knows that mm -hmm. ratio. Oh, well, if they make this much more next year, this much more goes to the kingdom. Yes. And like you, you guys as lawyers, like you're not doing nonprofit to get rich. <laughs> no. <laughs> Church and nonprofit, you don't mm -hmm. get rich. Why? Because you're nonprofit. You're always trying to make it. But business, if you're a business owner and then you can say, you know what, this time I'm going to put in more for this nonprofit mm -hmm. because I have more money. To me, shouldn't we all try to do both? Yes. You know, if we can, because we can give more to the kingdom. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of nonprofits have focused on this social enterprise. So, um, I know social enterprises were kind of developed when government started get stopped due to funding purposes stopped giving to social programs so then all the nonprofits were like how do we make money i mean at this point we're only focused on donations and mm -hmm. and things like that so it, as we know during moments of crisis however people have stepped up but during pandemic with nonprofits i have to say that but still they get a little more conservative with their money and so um how can we be sustainable and how can we re achieve that longevity without having to focus on donors. And so the social enterprises kind of stepped in. So they've been able to say, okay, um, let's start this business on the side. And as long as it doesn't make a certain amount of money, we can still give that to the nonprofit. So I know that's been successful in a lot of yeah. uh, organizations. A lot of people yeah. don't even know that exists. Social yeah. enterprises. Right, yeah. because with the exchange, we got that. Like, how can you? Mm -hmm. But there were, you know, there's people who'd be like, how can you do something that's for profit? Well, yeah. one, you'll pay taxes or you go to jail. Mm -hmm. So you give your <laughs> <Yep>. taxes. <laughs> the IRS knows, so you yes. have to do it. So we, obviously we're yes. doing that in the auditing. But beyond that, it is allowable. Mm -hmm. And now with nonprofits, i.e. also churches, yeah. It makes sense to not just rely on donors. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to inject money, yes. which you pay taxes on the portion of sales, but then you can, if, like you said, if you don't exceed a certain mm -hmm. amount. Yes. So yes. there are some legal nuances, mm -hmm. but as long as you stay within that window um, and do so appropriately, it's it's definitely an avenue that's worth venturing out on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, the worthwhile part of venturing out on it is like for Life Church. The, the goal is to be able to bring the culture mm -hmm. of Jesus. Like what you said. To these other areas where maybe mm -hmm. someone wouldn't step into the church, but they love coffee, yes. you know, yeah. and same with the nonprofit that, mm -hmm. profits that you work with. You know, it, there's a benefit and a value mm -hmm. to making money to continue mm -hmm. the effort of the, the nonprofit. Well, because the people you reach with iHeartWorld, mm -hmm. although it it's, iHeartWorld isn't faith-based, meaning it doesn't, it's, 
it can be open yeah. to people who wouldn't go to church, but then are influenced by mm-hmm. a great culture and then eventually Jesus. Um, yeah, the exchange when we opened and we needed 38 employees, those 38 employees would not have been employed by the church. The church mm-hmm. didn't have a need or the money to pay them, but it gave 38 employees jobs yes. and it gave insurance to the full time. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And uh, that, you know, because now we talk in the corporate world or in small business, especially with the pandemic, mm-hmm. like the people who have lost jobs, they, they've they lost their employment benefits. Yeah. So small business is important and corporations are important mm-hmm. to give people jobs. So to venture out of nonprofit world and not just stay in that bubble actually has such a ripple effect. Definitely. But there is the, I don't know if you find that, that there's a stigma, like why or how can you have feet in both? Yes. What's your answer to those people? Like, well, is that... Is that okay? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's definitely okay. Cause like I said, I don't think God gave us caps. Like I think Mm -hmm. if he gave you a passion to do something and that happens to be in for-profit or non-profit, those sectors can totally cross. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think of, for example, for-profit businesses that have been ultra successful Mm Chick-fil-A and Hobby Mm -hmm. Lobby. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people did not think they would succeed because they're closed on Sundays, Mm -hmm. which is one of the biggest revenue days. Yeah. Um, And they continued, and I believe it's in their bylaws and everything else, that they are never to be open on Sundays. And God has doubled Mm -hmm. their success, has he not? But yet they still have a mission. They still have a culture of Christianity-based. And so why can't that enter in the Mm for-profit? And then your nonprofit, it's you know, you still have a passion for that and you want that to be run and successful like a business as well. So a lot of people think, oh, because you're doing nonprofit, you can't have this business culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And they both can coincide Mm -hmm. because you, again, I keep speaking about longevity and self-sustaining, but you want your nonprofit to be able to exist um, past you. And so Mm -hmm. I believe duplicating someone that has the same values and mission statement and everything else is important in nonprofit because mm-hmm. if you do all this work and then when you're gone, it just ends, mm-hmm. that mission ends and that social issue that you're trying to address ends. So mm-hmm. being able to put some kind of business mindset behind that as well makes it very successful. Mm-hmm. That's and so that's good. spoken by a lawyer, like <laughs> yeah. someone who you know that legally. Yeah. I think about Hobby Lobby and I don't know if people know this, but Hobby Lobby will purchase building for churches or will pay Mm -hmm. off their mortgage multiple times annually. And that is a tax write-off, which Mm -hmm. they've, you know, like, how do you, well, because you can do that. It's called, they could give to any charity and have Mm -hmm. that tax benefit, but they're blessing churches. And so, yeah, I mean, Hobby Lobby does well. Mm Chick-fil-A has been picketed because you have these, you know, these standards we don't agree with and and all this. And yet they, I mean, see a Chick-fil-A drive through awesome. anywhere it's just around the building so you're right the yeah. blessing on that and they have they have stepped out and crossed mm-hmm. both worlds i yes. love that and if they weren't successful think about it they wouldn't be able to help churches mm-hmm. or pay more than minimum wage their staff right. i know i believe chick-fil-a um also helps with college and things like that so without that success if they were hindering themselves because they felt guilty for making money and yeah. expanding then they're limiting god's reach to other people so i love it that's amazing i love it that's amazing so do you think you will always have a foot in both worlds Probably, just because, I mean, I always say, oh, nonprofit drives you crazy, because it will. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) When it comes down 
down to it. The hours are not, I mean, it's not a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. You can get called in on weekends or holidays or whatever that looks like. So you have to be able to wear A, numerous hats, B, have that flexibility, but then also like we said, creating that culture because that's what's going to keep people staying. Mm -hmm. um, it isn't the money. Um, it is a lot of the issue too. So if you're addressing an issue you're very passionate about. So sex trafficking in law school, I had the ability to do an internship in D.C. for working on legislation for sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And that just is where my heart went. And so I knew even though I prosecuted for numerous years, I knew I always wanted to help victims of sex trafficking specific. So even though I'm stepping back into um, legal arena, um, I will always have my heart in sex trafficking and always have my feet on the ground mm -hmm. doing the work. So it's one thing if you're just passionate about funding it, and it's another mm -hmm. if you're passionate about actually being in the trenches. And so mm -hmm. I always want to be in the trenches for that. Wow. Uh, I, love that. I was going to ask you how how you <laughs> chose sex trafficking as your, as your um, social issue to focus on so that's that's really mm -hmm. yes that's yeah. really interesting and we need to put we'll put the information about i hurt world in the yes. in the link and um, awaken and mm -hmm. awaken yeah so that's out of reno so that's kind of where i got my first exposure to um sex trafficking within a nonprofit organization okay. and so which is very interesting because Nevada mm, yeah. and brothels and yeah. the legalization of prostitution in certain areas has definitely brought a different dynamic. And then coming here um, and working with iHeartWorld, I mean, just both of them are amazing organizations, mm. but seeing um, the differences between the two states and um, addressing- Law enforcement yes. beliefs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's been interesting. And just the, you know, both states struggling with data collection in regards to um, minor trafficking and adult trafficking and everyone trying to get on the same page in regards to, you know, where are these victims? Why aren't we seeing things being reported? Why aren't we think, seeing things prosecuted? And just trying to address the issue more in depthly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And World. so you're multi-state already. Yes. And then also with iHeartWorld because of Alabama, mm -hmm. as well as Wisconsin. Yes. And then I think Florida, yes. there will be something added. Yes. Like I could see, and, and I'm sure for Season and Brian, who you work with mm -hmm. with iHeartWorld, I know because she's my sister. I've heard the things like you get a little pushback on like expanding because mm -hmm. the feeling of nonprofits can't expand. That's a weird like yeah. why like doing good can't expand. Yeah. Not true. Like let's take over, right? I mean, <laughs> trafficking knows no bounds. Yeah. So it's not just staying in Wisconsin. And why shouldn't we be able to, if they've been so successful in Alabama, why couldn't mm. they reach out to Wisconsin? Yeah. And why couldn't they? And I think uh, Susan and Brian do a phenomenal job of that duplication. So mm. they find someone because it's hard for them to be in so many different states at a different time. Yeah. So mm. they find someone they trust that has the same mission, the same goals, and will do a great job on functioning whatever organization is in that state properly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's highly important you can't have your hands and that's where it's important with nonprofit. you can't have your hands in everything at mm -hmm. some point you've got to delegate or you will run yourself dry mm -hmm. and that's also what the focus is with nonprofits. is it's it's exhausting work and I mean it's an emotional work especially in the realm of sex trafficking mm -hmm. so um, making sure you're doing that self-awareness and am I putting on too much and then duplicating mm -hmm. which in corporations and in business you mm -hmm. know you have managers assistant yes. manager you're training you're training you have protocols and that's very understood mm -hmm. in nonprofit and in church it can be no it's such so much about the heart it can mm -hmm. turn into and Sean and I have often said it but we're saying it more and more and more this is not this church is not about Sean and Sunny yeah 
And like you said, sustaining mm-hmm. something for years to come. Like when Sean dies, <laughs> it does it just life church yeah. with Sean? No. And and when Susan and Brian are gone, mm-hmm. does it just die out? And and the answer for a lot of nonprofits and churches is yes, yes. Yep. because it is built on a personality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and uh, many will say when a church or a nonprofit start to get bigger or expand, like. Oh, well, you know, it feels very corporate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I think that's why it's important we're talking about this. And maybe yeah. you'll share this with somebody who you've had that question. Because mm-hmm. I know that question's yeah. been out there about any church that does more. T.D. Jakes developed an entire housing development mm-hmm. and sold it, made money. He didn't just give people free houses because yeah. that's what everybody thought. Oh, he's just going to give poor people free houses because he's a pastor. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, we're going to build houses, make a profit, sell it and be fair. Mm-hmm. And then inject money into the church so that the church can go and invest in something, make a profit, invest in. I mean, yeah. so he's just got this big expansion and the hate that you get with that, because how are you going to become corporate? Mm-hmm. And and really, I think what people don't realize they're saying is corporate maybe just sounds like it's getting too big. Yeah. And it has to become at some point bigger than the person, mm-hmm. bigger than the personality. Mm-hmm. It is bigger than Season and Brian. It's now Keisha yeah. and all of your team. Yeah. And like you said, you're setting it up so that when you're no longer doing this with iHeartWorld, mm-hmm. it just can soar. Yes. And that if that's corporate, then by all means, let's be corporate. Yes. But I think this is an important topic sure. because what the enemy loves to do is shrink mm-hmm. us down. I mean, Chick-fil-A is a for-profit. Mm-hmm. The picketers and people have tried to shut them down. Mm-hmm. Hobby Lobby has been sued. They've been, you know, blasted all over social mm-hmm. media. They've been all of that. And they've tried to shut them down. And uh, I just think it's important that people know, one, we won't be shut down mm-hmm. when God's called us to do something mm-hmm. for-profit or not. Yeah. And that is what the enemy would like us all to do, to shrink back. Definitely. And I think he brings this perspective of like, it seems like a sort of like jealousy or selfishness Mm. because like my church is growing too big. Well, when did it become your church, you know? Um, So it's one of those things. And what I've loved about Life Church is even though it has grown, the community still or exist. Mm-hmm. And so you can join small. So it's what you put into it as well. Yeah. So instead of having this like selfish, con- selfish connotation of it's growing too big, well, get yourself involved in a small group or mm-hmm. be involved more. So, mm-hmm. um, I know I've loved, I've had to take a break with the baby coming, but, um, club 52 now called kids. Yeah. I've loved being a part of that family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it really is what you put into it. So I, I think having that defense mechanism of it's just, you know, let's limit God there. Oh, we're not yeah. ones to decipher whether that's what needs to happen or not. Mm. So she's speaking our language. We just, I know, we, a, just we talked, talked about, about that. that. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about for anyone who's like, I can't connect mm-hmm. or it's too big. Um, it's the verse to be, to have a friend, you have to mm-hmm. be friendly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to put yourself out there to connect so that things that are feeling too big, too out of control, mm-hmm. people yeah. don't understand tax law and corporate <laughs> nonprofit and profit. But to, to get around people who are life-giving, mm-hmm. you tend to be less of a spectator and a, someone who judges and gives your opinion and more of someone who's in the game. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. someone who'd walk alongside you with I Heart World mm-hmm. would never judge no. how donations are coming in, how mm-hmm. how social enterprise is happening. No one would judge anyone at Life Church or the exchange if they were just alongside mm-hmm. going, oh, the mission is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. 
Always, yeah. yeah. And I think that's I think that's what I'm hearing too is for those that have been called to profit or nonprofit to like be the kickstart to that, like be confident in your mission mm-hmm. and let your mission be something that's good mm-hmm. motivation and just be confident in that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for those, I'm also hearing like those profits and nonprofits, they need people who have a passion for mm-hmm. those, those missions because they're there. It does need to continue past. Yes past each person so yes. what a great, what a great thank you you did not give legal advice because i know a yes, lawyer I cannot not do that yeah, but yeah. it was really good it was really good it was really good so thank you so much for sharing yeah. all that really really good we appreciate you being here today and if you'd like to connect with us maybe you want to connect with i Heart world like we said we'll put that in the uh, comments and also um if you want to connect with me directly sunnyhennessy.com is my website right on there you can contact and say hey i I think some would say this is exactly what I needed to hear, but maybe there's something you want talked about or a guest you have in mind. You can get in touch with me at sunnyhennessy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cheery Conversations. You can be a part of the conversation. Leave us a one minute voicemail at the link found in the show notes and send us your thoughts. You might hear your voice on a future episode. You can also connect with Sunny and her guests by going to sunnyhennessy.com. If this episode helped you in any way, please let us know and then share it with your friends, family, neighbors, and whoever. Word of mouth is the best way for people to find out about this podcast. It would also be really helpful if you leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. See you next week.